it's so amazing to me always to see um, just how many truly talented women we have in this church and in this ministry um, between the worship and the decorating and oh my gosh it just looks so great in here um, but I just want to start by saying a huge thank you to all the women that have put this weekend together um, and put so much time and thought and energy and most importantly prayers into it um, we're just I'm so excited to be here uh, last year it was amazing, and I know that God is going to show up in great and wonderful ways for us all this weekend. So um, I'm so excited to get to be a part of it. Um, I see a lot of familiar faces in the room, but if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is Macy Ryder. Um, I live here in Jackson with my husband, Zach, um, our cat, Snoop Cat. We have a flock of chickens, and um, in September, we have a little one joining us. Um, we are really excited about all that new parenting entails and all that. Um, but yeah, so I've been going to Grace City for five years now, since my very first week at MC. Um, in fact, stuck around Jackson because of how much love Grace City. Um, but it's just awesome. We're in a really awesome small group, young married, and um, you can usually find us in the back hanging out with the students. My husband leads middle school boys small group. He has a lot of patience, um, and I like skip around between the girls, so we love that, and Grace City's just really become our home. So anyways, I say all that to say, I'm really excited to get to be a part of this weekend. Um, so I'm gonna be opening us up in Galatians. Um, we're gonna look at the context of Galatians and a little bit of chapters one and two. So um, first of all, we're gonna address who wrote it. Obviously that was um, one of the Kahoot questions. Great job, Christina, um, opening that up. Um, it was Paul the Apostle, and um, he writes it to the region of Galatia which is, um, there's a map that we're gonna be looking at, and Galatia is a huge Roman providence, um, essentially what we would think of today as a country. And um, so this was on Paul's third missionary journey that he went into Galatia, and uh, we hear this in Acts 13 through 16. Um, a lot of theologians think that initially Galatia wasn't even on their root. He went to it out of necessity. Um, and we see why in Acts 15. There was, it's called the Acts 15 dispute um, in which, um, I'll read, this is Acts 15, 1. It says, some men came down from Judea and began to teach to the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. So essentially what's going on is, um, is the church of Galatia starts to prosper and it's a bunch of Gentiles that are saying, the gospel's open to us now, so we're gonna start our own church. So I start their church and it grows to spread to this whole country, this whole Roman providence, and um, people are really excited about the gospel. Well, down in Jerusalem, the Judaizers hear word of what's going on and they say, absolutely not. Um, Gentiles cannot be leading this new revolution that's going on. So they send Judaizers up to Galatia, and they start laying down the law, the Jewish law. And they say, unless you're circumcised, and unless you follow the laws of Moses, then you're not one of us. You can't call yourselves a Christian unless you're willing to live up to these standards. So that's where you see um, this is Paul and Peter, and they're kind of traveling mostly along the water, and then you see the big detour where they go 
all the way up into the heart of Galatia, and they say, we're going to address this. So um, we're going to read later on in Acts 15, where they go into the church, and they just go up to the Judaizers, and they confront it, and they say, and then the apostles and the elders assembled to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you are aware that in the early days, God made a choice among you that by the mouth of the Gentiles, they would hear the good news and believe. And God, who knows their hearts, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, and he has cleansed their hearts by faith. Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks? We believe that we are, oh, sorry, a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear. On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus the same way that they are. Um, this is huge, um, where he says, nobody since the days of Moses, the day that we got this law, nobody has been able to keep it up. And he calls it a burden. That's, that's just unheard of to say that the law is a burden. Um, because to them, the law was how they communicated with God. To the Old Testament Jews, the law was a gift to them. And now for Peter to say to these Judaizers that the law is a burden, that's just revolutionary, unheard of. And also he says, it gets a little personal. He says, you haven't been able to and your ancestors haven't been able to. Maybe this is like, my youth brain self, but I kind of think of that in terms of like a your mama joke, like your mama couldn't do this. Anyways, um, <laughs> side note. Um, but that is like a disrespectful thing to say like your ancestors couldn't. And he says, if you can't, why are you trying to put this on new Christians? Um, because none of us are under it. He includes himself. He says, I don't have to do this anymore either. Um, and so this is kind of just like where the Church of Galatia is at. And this is Peter that's talking. And so um, like we've already talked about, the book of Galatians was written to Paul. So um, this is Peter addressing the situation, kind of giving a summary of where we're at, um, what they're going through. And so then if you're like me, you're kind of wondering, well, where is Paul at on this? Um, how does Paul land? And so... Paul actually, in Paul fashion, writes his letter to the Church of Galatians um, to address where he's at. And first of all, the book of Galatians is very different than a lot of the other epistles because um, if you think about books specifically like Philemon, um, Paul is writing to address a certain individual or a certain small group of people. Um, at largest, it's one church. But the book of Galatians is meant to be to this whole region, and it's meant to address the entire providence. So he writes the one letter, but it's meant to be spread, and he says, okay, this church, send it to this church, and spread it amongst yourself. He says, this is the good news that I'm writing to you. I hope that you pass it on. And so that's just one thing that's very unique about it. And it also goes to testify how big of an issue this was, how truly widespread, and how many people's feelings were hurt, um, whether it was Jews who felt disrespected or Gentiles um, who also felt disrespected in a very different way. Um, everybody, no matter what side they were on, were hurt. And Paul just essentially says, here's my letter to everyone. I want you all to hear this. 
And in doing that, he's saying, I'm not picking a side. The side that I'm picking is the gospel. And so um, he writes that, and then we open up, we see in Galatians 1.9, where um, Paul says, as we have said before, he's essentially echoing and calling it back to Acts 15, saying we, Peter and I, as we told you in the church, I now say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you've received, a curse be on him. Um, and so I want to nerd out for just a second, so stick with me. Um, in the Greek, if you look at the way this is translated, um, the, way, the phrase, what you have received, is in the accusative case, which makes it the direct object, which essentially means that um, what he's talking about is not the gospel. He says, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel, he's not talking specifically about the gospel. He's talking about what you have received. If, you, if anything is contrary to that which you have received. And so he's not saying contrary to the gospel, and he's saying contrary to what you have received. Well, that makes, it kind of opens up to a different translation. What have we received? When we read the gospel and when we today invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, what do we receive out of that? Um, do we get faith? Do we get hope? We get love, peace? That's what we receive. And so he's saying, if anyone is preaching you a gospel that goes against the things that the Spirit has proven to you individually, that is what is not right. Um, and he's, in this he's saying, don't just take the gospel because I, Paul, have said it. Don't take it on my authority. Take it on the individual spiritual approach that God has taken, how God himself has sent you his spirit, as, he's, as Peter said in Acts 15, he says, I want you to take it on the authority of the Spirit. And so, um, he's, and so that gives us faith as the church today. If, any, if we feel any of these things attacked, if we feel our peace attacked or our hope attacked, that means that we are defending the good and the true gospel. And um, Paul says, he says, vengeance is the Lord's. There will be a curse put on them. So um, that's just where Paul is kind of saying, that's where I'm at on the issue of what's going on in your church today. So that's the context. So like as we go through this weekend and we study um, the book of Galatians, um, I hope you guys can keep that in mind, what they're going through, how there's tensions literally within their own church because these um, Gentile believers have been infiltrated by the Judaizers and everybody is, it's just a tense situation and it's spread across an entire country. So um, keep those tensions in mind. But even beyond that, even beyond this one specific, though it's a big issue, beyond that, what Paul is doing is he's answering a big question in the book of Galatians. The question of what does it take to truly belong in God's family? which is something that I think we ask ourselves all the time. What does it mean to be called? What is my purpose now? Um, in all these different ways, we ask ourselves this question all the time. And I think Paul answers this question all through the book of Galatians by addressing three smaller questions. So in chapters one and two, he answers the question of what is the gospel message? Um, he does this. First, he defends the gospel, then he defends his own apostleship. So 
in the big Acts 15 dispute, when everything goes awry, the Judaizers come back, and they really have no defense to what uh, Peter and Paul have said. And so their only response is, these men are false apostles. They're not called to be part of our body. So he spends chapters one and two defending himself, saying, I have loved you. And he gives accounts of all their travels and how he has been through with them. He says, this is, this is what I have to say for my apostleship. My actions speak for itself. But he also defends the gospel first and foremost. And he keeps revisiting the gospel of Jesus versus the gospel of the false teachers. And he reminds them and he shows them how to point out false teachers and reminds them that they're powerless because of the freedom of Jesus Christ. Um, he mentions the universal freedom over and over and over again. And he says that at the end of the day, that's what the gospel is boiled down to. Um, so he answers that, the question of what is the gospel message? And I don't want to steal from the other two because they're going to be amazing. But um, in the rest of the book, he continues to answer this question of what does it take to truly belong in God's family by answering, can the family actually be open to all? Can it be open to Jews still and now Gentiles? Can, is there room for us both to exist in harmony in this? Um, under the law of Abraham, are we all invited into this family? Um, answers that, and then he answers the big question of what does this mean for us? How do we carry on the name of the Holy Family? How, how do we live this? What is it gonna require of me? Is there a new law? What does it look like? Um, and he explains that in great detail. And there's gonna be amazing applications for both of these sessions. I hope that you guys are able to stick around. Um, but as I was going through this, as I'm going through my notes, kind of take a step back, and I'll just be really honest with you guys, I realize that's a lot of circumcision talk for a women's conference. Um, and so um, it gets me thinking though, like what does this mean for us as women in the 21st century? Um, because obviously none of us are facing that issue today. But like, what are the things that people are still telling us that we're held under? What are the things that people say, if you wanna be a Christian, you have to look like this. You have to fit this standard. Um, because I do this, you have to do this. What are those things for us? Um, what are the laws that we are no longer held under? What do we need to find freedom from in Christ? Um, are we ignoring the freedom of Christ that God wants to give us? Are we accepting it in all of its abundance, and all of its fullness? And do we actually believe that we're called to this abundant life, that we're called to be free? Um, and so just I'm gonna leave you guys with a personal example. Like I shared, we recently found out that um, my husband and I are having a baby, um, and that was quite a surprise. Um, we were celebrating our one-year anniversary when we found out. Um, it was not expected, and I was very confused at first about, well, God, I thought we had discussed all these plans that we were gonna do. I thought that we had it figured out. I thought I was pursuing you. And my husband, he, Zach, he comforted me by saying this phrase 
that, I'll just be honest, at the time when I was upset, I don't think I fully understood it, but as I've meditated on it, I've gotten it out, but he says, because we're part of God's family, it means that he has bigger plans for us than we could ever have for ourselves. And at the moment, you know, it was just, just let me be upset. Like, let me, let me process what's coming. But as I'm preparing for this, um, as we're getting our lives ready to change so much, we start wondering, you know, what does this look like? Um, all the pressures that come with it. It's, you have to figure out feeding and sleeping and scheduling and all the big decisions that you're expected to make. And then you realize this is a human. Like this is, I have to spiritually lead this person. And it's just, it's all so overwhelming. And it brings me into this anxious state in which I just feel paralyzed by the fear of what if I don't do this right? What if I mess up this little thing and it leads to this thing? And um, it just putting all these unrealistic expectations on myself and Zach. And it just, it makes me wonder, um, what all do I need to do? And then as I was studying through this and reading through this very early on, I felt very convicted that most of this stuff doesn't matter. As long as we are raising up this child um, to be part of the family of God and we are living with those standards, then all other laws just fall apart. We don't have to live under those laws, and we don't have to keep reminding ourselves of these unrealistic standards because Christ is the standard. Christ has fulfilled the standard, and because of Christ, all else has been fulfilled. So um, I want to leave you guys with this hymn that um, I'm very old Baptist, but um, that we used to sing growing up, and it's, it says, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm a part of the family of God. And because of the freedom found in the gospel of Christ alone, we get to be part of the family of God. So pray with me. Thank you, God, so much for gathering this group of women, God. I'm so, so appreciative and humbled to just get to see what you're doing for this community, God. Um, I pray that as we gather together to worship and read your word and study through the book of Galatians, um, I pray that you'll give us a spirit of peace with one another and vulnerability um, in order to strengthen our community, God. I pray that whatever your will is to be revealed to us, that you can do it in abundance and in strength as only you can, God. I pray for every woman in this room. Um, pray that you'll meet her where she is at and give her the strength that you know that she specifically needs. Um, it's in your good and holy and precious name that I pray. Amen.